Bitcoin, or any other cryptocurrency. That's the sound of the money truck backing up to your front door, Hoss. Nobody's going to put money into a crazy scheme like that. Okay, here comes the catch. This has to cost a lot of money. Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. Bye, bye, bye! Yes, the money is good. We don't have that much time left. Let's talk rocket ships. First, Bitcoin. Three, two, one. This is Crypto Karma with the sensei of cryptocurrency, Nick Green. Welcome to Crypto Karma. This is Nick Green, and this show is brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. NectarJuiceBar.com, which has the only fresh ingredients, cleanses, acyable smoothies, and juices with no added sugars. And I like them because it's gluten-free, dairy-free, and it tastes good. And it's also one of the only ways I could get my kids to have fresh fruits and veggies without complaining. And believe me, they will complain if they could. Stop by a Nectar Juice Bar today. Hopefully soon, they will be accepting cryptocurrency. Like many other retailers throughout the world, it is inevitable. It's only a matter of time because the conversion has already started to take place. We've talked about that with all the stores that are owned by Amazon. And believe me, that list is going to grow. So I know a lot of people out there are stressing out. Are we in a bear market? What is going on with these prices? When do I take profits? Well, it's very simple. This is a long game. There are no real good setups for short trades right now. Uh, We'll discuss a little bit more what's going on with the market, but I want to keep things in perspective. So let's be healthy about this. Bitcoin is still $32,000, so it's not under 30. And more importantly, this is a good indicator of our Bitcoin pizza, which is ironically worth about $325 million still. So that bad boy is still paying off. What's important to me is also reminding you guys about how much has changed in a year. There are higher highs, higher lows. That means we are in the uptrend and the markets are only going to I'll say move up. Of course, we could see more losses, but you got to compare things to how they were a year ago, two, three years ago, and what the plan is. We always say there's a long-term plan and a short-term plan. So right now, Bitcoin, you're talking about it being $32,000 today, had a high earlier this year of $61,000 April 15th, which seems like forever ago, but was really about three months. And if we go back a year, that is what's really interesting. So speaking of Bitcoin, I want to remind you guys of prices and keeping in perspective. $32,000. We are about 50% of a high from just April. This is not uncommon. And most of the time, alts are going to see some big runs when Bitcoin is pretty much finished. But Bitcoin is not finished. It still has 70000 and 100000 in the cards. Everybody hopes it's for this year. Nothing's in stone, but it still looks that way. There's CME gaps to be filled, and there's definitely a lot of potential on the upside based on the volume and the amount of purchasing that has gone on from institutions like Grayscale and MicroStrategy all year. There's even rumors that Apple bought $2 billion worth of Bitcoin, though not proven yet, but a lot of times these rumors have ended up being true. Tesla bought over a billion dollars worth as of now. So looking at Bitcoin a year ago, just in April, it was $8,000. So $8,000 to hit 62 and crash 50% to 32,000, well, you're still up about 3x, 4x from just one year. So that means the key is patience. You really, really, really got to have patience. And if we go back two years, 2019 in April, 
the price of an average Bitcoin was $4,900. So those gains are huge in a very short amount of time. And I just want you to keep that in perspective. Not all is lost and there's no need to panic, which so many people are doing simply because they're new to the market. So don't let that hold you down. There sure is a whole lot to be happy about. I think there's a lot of great deals out there. You have Dogecoin at 20 cents. Remember, it's at 14 cents just a couple weeks ago, found a high of about 28. And if you think this is going to hit 40 cents again, well, then you could double your money. I really believe Dogecoin is the people's coin. The community loves to push it. And there are millions and millions of people who are on the Dogecoin train. So don't forget how powerful it is to have such a big community support. And to remind you the same thing, where was Dogecoin a year ago or so? What kind of gains have people made? We could go back, not even that far, uh, let's say September of 2020, not even a full year. Dogecoin was 0.002 cents, 0.002. That's incredible. Even at 20 cents today, that is over 2,000% gains. So anybody who spent $1,000 on Dogecoin and held it for less than a year ago made a ton of money. It's really about perspective. Could Dogecoin get itself right back up? Absolutely. I don't think it's a time to panic. It's just a time to either, you could short the market, which I think is very risky in crypto, uh, plan for the future, have your diamond hands, or wait and set up some good trades. You know, there's a lot of opportunities and definitely no need to panic. I like to say that over and over. Matic, one of my favorites, Polygon, is actually under a dollar. So I bought this a little bit under a dollar a while ago, doubled my money, sold it, took profits at about $1.50. Now it's back at 95 cents. Real unusual, but there's a lot of support between 88 and 95 cents. I don't see it going below 88 cents, maybe 85 at the least. However, it's still a great buy as this could easily get to four or $5. That is a pretty well agreed upon target for Matic, which has been showing incredible partnerships, gaining just like Chainlink. And if you remember the way Chainlink took a hold of the market, it lingered in this range too, a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars, four dollars. It's trading at 16 bucks and has had a high of 60. So if it's anything to take Chainlink as an example, well, that's a pretty good one to show what Matic could really do. Now, if we go back not even a year. Well, I say let's go back a year. We're at about a dollar right now. And if we look back in time with Matic in, say, November of 2020, less than a year, it had a value of one cent. So one cent, it's up 95 times what it was in November of 2020. It was at two cents in September. Basically lingered around one to two cents. And to be very honest with you, 2020 is when I bought my most amount of Matic. Uh, a little bit in 2019, got introduced to the project, and I put in a fair amount of money. And once it hit $1.50 or 60 is when I took out the majority of my profits. That trade alone, holding Matic for about a year, year and a half, and then taking those profits, when I did, is what I bought my house with. It was an amazing uh, recovery and down payment. And when I saw the all time high, I didn't want to waste any time is um, actually uh, $2 is when I took profits. That was this year. And I used that all for my house. 
Matic is something that I like to trade with. It's a lot of fun because the potential for this to get back up to two, three, four, five bucks, and even 10 in the future is high. So when you see these low dips, 90 cents, 95 a dollar, I call this the buy zone and it's a great opportunity to take advantage of. Everything's a risk, but it's a matter of being patient for the long run. So the bull run's not over. Do not be afraid, don't be concerned. There are waves, ups and downs, all that good stuff while we are trying to figure everything out here. A lot of interesting things are going on and Crypto Karma is gonna cover some amazing items that are trending in the news of crypto. So first off, talking about the news and banking, before I get into some of the updates on credit cards, Wells Fargo is canceling everybody's personal account for credit lines. So if you have money with Wells Fargo or credit line, or you thought you did, line of credit, credit card, lease equipment for your business, they cancel it, you are SOL. So this is really a sign of what is to come. Wells Fargo is one of the largest banks, second largest mortgage servicer in the country in terms of a retail bank. They have a lot of assets, a lot of the line, a lot of customers, and cutting people off is really a bad thing. It shows that they are not necessarily trusting what's going on in the future. They are not uh, feeling good about the economy. The inflation is really a lot worse than what the news is reporting. And cutting these lines off are gonna hurt people and hurt their businesses, which in turn will have a trickle down effect. And the worst part is other banks are gonna follow. So the hedge against inflation, in my opinion, is Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies because banks cannot control them or influence them. And it's a lot easier to keep them in your own wallet and keep them safe. Speaking of which, credit cards, they're going to start denying credit cards and lines of credit along with what they've already done. So there's a few cryptocurrency options out there. First off, Coinbase, which many people are members of, you could go right onto their website and apply for their credit card. And Coinbase gives you uh, rewards back. It's a Visa card where you could actually load it, purchase crypto. Hopefully the price goes up from when you purchase it and you could spend that money by basically converting the crypto to fiat at the point of sale using your Visa card. And you'll get up to 4% back in a cryptocurrency reward right into your digital wallet. So it is, by all means, a beneficial credit card. I recently signed up, and I'm waiting for it to show up in the mail. It should be any day now. There's no annual fee. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, if you know what you're doing and you're comfortable spending, I'd probably spend like some Litecoin or maybe Matic or something where I would expect some raise and profits, tie that to my credit card, and hopefully just be spending profits and getting some cash back for it. Crypto.com. This is one of the most popular platforms, trading platforms with 90 coins. And they just inked a deal. If you saw the UFC fight with McGregor, $150 million. Damn fighting white. The largest sponsorship for a cryptocurrency company, the largest sponsorship with UFC. Uh, Reebok, of course, was the largest before them. Now you're going to see Crypto.com with all of the fighters, all of the matches. And that is mainstream for cryptocurrency, if you still don't believe it. Well, at Crypto.com is pretty cool. You could go sign up with them. You could get up to 14% interest on your cryptocurrency for staking it and using the credit card with Crypto.com. You get 8% back in cryptocurrency added to your digital wallet on Crypto.com through the purchases that you make. Also, no annual fee, and you could load the card up with crypto or fiat. So you could tie it to one or the other, but still get rewards in cryptocurrency. That is a deal that I love. Of course, I applied and am waiting for my shiny card to show up too. 
BlockFi.com, which is another platform for cryptocurrency. They are offering no annual fee just to be like everybody else. One and a half percent back on purchases in BTC. So guaranteed a return of Bitcoin, which of course could only go up, not down, other than when it goes down. And that's from BlockFi.com. So there's three great viable options for you to get credit cards to give you rewards while utilizing cryptocurrency at the same time. And that is in the credit card news with Crypto Karma. Okay, and Crypto Karma is always about karma. Doing things that are great in the world of crypto. And we got to get down to the nitty gritty of the scenes behind the scenes. We talked about John McCarthy and his death, and that was really sad. And we call it a murder. Just like Epstein didn't kill himself, Mr. McAfee actually said if he dies, it was not a suicide just weeks before he was suicided. So his wife, who we know as Janice McAfee, took to Twitter today and had this to say, the handwriting is suspect and I doubt the authenticity of the suicide note. It reads more like someone trying to imitate John's style of tweeting. And if this note was found in his pocket, where are the markings of the note being folded into his pocket? So basically, she was awarded the so-called suicide note from his pocket that authorities said that they found after their initial uh, inspection of the cell and of John. And she, of course, has also requested to have independent, two independent autopsies outside of law enforcement. She went on to post the suicide note. She says, here is the alleged suicide note found in John's pocket. This note does not sound like someone or this. I'm sorry. This note does not sound anything like someone who has no hope and is contemplating ending their life. The note sounds like one of John. John's tweets. It says, I am a phantom parasite. The present moments I use to attain for my own ends instead of fully living it. I want to control my future, which does not exist through this knowledge, which have become mere ashes of memory. Pretty interesting. And then a couple sentences just crossed out. Doesn't even say anything about dying, it says, but here and now and beyond the comfort of my body, all in truth and truth is immutable. So kind of strange. I don't think this sounds at all like John and another suspicious uh, story that we're going to have to go through. Janice ended it by saying, somebody has asked if I've been able to see John's body. And well, the answer to this is yes and no. I was able to view his head through a window at the facility where they were keeping him, but his entire body from the neck down was covered with a sheet and blanket. Very, very strange. All right, everybody's favorite exchange, Binance.com. Good thing it's not Binance to US, all of us are safe. There's a lot of speculation as to what is going on with Binance as many countries and banks such as Barclays are turning against this worldwide largest crypto exchange. World regulators have announced warnings around Binance, drawing attention to the exchange's operations and hitting at future actions. What they can do, I don't know, but I'm sure it's not going to be pretty because when these governments are not getting their tax money for providing absolutely zero service, well, they get upset and they want to steal the hardworking citizens' profits. So more than half a dozen national regulators, and these are, let me remind you, crappy people who really don't know what they're doing and just go after other people's money. And that's their job to take your money. So they are legal thieves. More than half a dozen of them have published warnings and announced investigations or otherwise caution investors about the crypto exchange Binance and its different affiliates. Is this part of a coordinated global action or just a coincidence? Well, I'm going to go with very much well coordinated. 
The narrative is that several countries have announced investigations into or published warnings against Binance, currently the world's largest crypto exchange by trading volume. It's unclear if this is a coordinated effort by regulators or something closer to a domino effect, but what we do know for sure is that Binance is under a powerful microscope, and I seriously doubt we're done hearing about them as enforcement actions will probably come. Now, why it matters is more than any other centralized cryptocurrency platform head by CZ, what happens to Binance may signal how regulators will approach crypto and all other exchanges. So this will be a domino effect that will affect every one of us. The enforcement actions against the exchange hinting at what other platforms should expect. It's important to take note that any interpretations are likely to be specific to centralized exchanges and how they're operating. The regulatory crackdown on Binance will most certainly not apply to crypto trading or decentralized peer-to-peer -peer platforms. And that would include PancakeSwap or Uniswap or Polkadot, um, even Crypto.com, where there are opportunities on decentralized or DeFi platforms. So there is a difference between a company like Coinbase having a CEO like Brian Armstrong or using something like PancakeSwap to conduct your crypto business. So over the last few weeks, regulators and a handful of different nations have announced that they are either investigating Binance or that Binance isn't authorized to operate within its borders. All that means is they're not paying taxes. Still more countries have warned users about the exchange because, of course, people are making millions of dollars in crypto and they care about us. Several banks or payment processors, primarily in Europe and the UK, have cut off the exchange, potentially stranding some of its customers. So that's interesting. Warning about Binance and then not giving your customers a way to access their funds, put money into it, or possibly even take money out. So in the past few weeks, in the UK, the Financial Conduct Authority warned that Binance Markets Limited is not authorized to operate within the country. A number of British banks, including Barclays, Santander, Nationwide, and Clear Junction, pulled Binance's access or announced reviews of their approach to crypto at large. Still, Binance said sterling withdrawals and debit credit purchases were enabled after briefly losing access to faster payments at the end of last month. This morning, faster payments once again suspended the exchange, and that is an onboarding platform to uh, get money onto Binance. The European Union's single euro payments area appears to have temporarily cut off Binance. I believe this is a coordinated attack against Binance. Japan's Financial Services Agency warned that Binance is not registered to do business within the country. This seems specific to the transfer and exchange services and not the operation of the exchange's technical platform, which runs on AWS servers in Japan. So what they're all trying to get at them, if you notice the trend, is money going to and from Binance, but not the actual business Binance is conducting. The Cayman Islands even announced that the Binance Group and Binance Holdings are not authorized to operate within the country. And there may not be any traders there, so it may not be a big deal. The Ontario Securities Commission in Canada announced that Binance had failed to comply with local regulations following previous warnings against Polynex and KuCoin. Binance withdrew from the province shortly thereafter. The Monetary Authority of Singapore said it's watching Binance Holdings and Binance Asia Services. Highlands Securities and Exchange Commission announced it filed a criminal complaint against Binance for operating without a license within the country. Banks in South Africa shut off international crypto exchanges, including Binance. So this is a bigger crackdown on cryptocurrency because basically they cannot control it. Remember the narrative also is that money laundering, drugs, etc., is the burden of cryptocurrency uh, and the exchanges. At the same time, the World Bank and the IMF acknowledge that 95% of money laundering and racketeering is done with American U.S. dollars. 
So keep that in mind here as we go through the end of this, where Wazirx, an Indian crypto exchange owned by Binance, was issued a show cause notice by India's Enforcement Directorate on allegations that Chinese nationals laundered $7.6 million onto Binance. Again, nothing to do with Binance. That could have gone to any bank, not necessarily anything proved as laundering, but that simply means they are not getting taxes. Silvergate Bank cut off withdrawals and deposits for Binance, but not Binance.us. So interesting. So they warn against the troubles of Binance, and then at the same time, Silvergate cuts off the ability to take your money off the platform. Very hypocritical actions by very mischievous banks that basically feel threatened by Binance. They're not talking about what they're doing as being wrong. They're not talking about the exchanging or the trading of cryptocurrency. They're talking about the onboarding, the withdrawal process, and it all gets down to being registered, having permits, and paying taxes. So this is your government and your banks at work trying to ruin the average man who's a trader and just wants to invest and make some money. That's all this is. Nothing else is going on about this, and there's nothing Binance does wrong. And it's not even getting into the investigations that are ongoing, the largest of which may be through the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the FTC, and Department of Justice. The best parallel to these agencies' investigation of Binance is likely the ongoing legal action against BitMEX and the founder of BitMEX, Arthur Hayes. The feds went after BitMEX on allegations that offered derivatives trading to U.S. customers and did not conduct appropriate know-your-customer checks. Because, of course, that is what turns into the IRS. Federal officials are also reportedly investigating Binance on similar charges, as well as money laundering and tax evasion concerns even though admittedly 95% of money laundering is done with the U.S. dollar through U.S. FDIC entities. Binance, however, is much, much bigger than BitMEX in the tunes of billions of dollars bigger. And CZ is a billionaire. I'm sure these guys have a pretty good legal team and know what they're doing. It's important to mention here that no wrongdoing has been alleged by U.S. officials or any official, really. We don't even know whether any uh, enforcement action will take place. It's possible that the regulatory... Uh, backlash is because Binance also reflects the founder CZ's stated goal of creating a decentralized business with no headquarters. So it makes it difficult for regulators to go after them and get their permits and get taxes and get money, which is all this is about. But CZ is really trying to create a decentralized business on a blockchain. And this is a platform where people could risk their own money as they choose that they earned and they're willing to gamble it lose it, do futures trading, leverage trading, shorts, longs, but it's our money and it should be our choice. This is not where we need the government's help because as you can see from those examples, they're in fact making it harder and causing bigger problems. So we don't need their assistance. We don't need them to get involved. And I highly encourage anybody to go ahead and continue conducting your business as usual, not to be afraid of what these government entities are trying to impose. Whenever they feel threatened by something, they attack it. That's human nature, and definitely it's the history of governments all over the world. The exchange is reacting to this by hiring a number of former regulators to its compliance and executive teams. So they're hiring people in the know who understand what the regulations are, how to deal with these different countries, and then making them employees of Binance.com, which is perfect way of doing this. Binance US even brought on a former acting controller 
Controller of the Currency, Brian Brooks, and former California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation Commissioner, Manuel Alvarez. The global version of the exchange is now working on hiring the equivalent policymaker in the UK after bringing over former Financial Action Task Force officials, Rick McDonnell and Jose Nadal, as well as former U.S. Senator Max Baucus. CZ called more regulations a positive sign in an open letter last week, which said the exchange is committed to being compliant wherever in the world they operate. Circle Internet Financial, which of course is Coinbase, announced it was going public through a special purpose acquisition corporation or SPAC transaction last week to be completed later this year. In addition to being the latest high-profile crypto company to go public, Circle is the other half of the center consortium that is in charge of the USDC stablecoin alongside Coinbase, which went public earlier this year. In an investor presentation, Circle estimated that USDC in circulation could more than double from $26 billion on Monday to over $80 billion by next year. That means they have to back every trade with US dollar and $80 billion is a whole lot of investing in cryptocurrency. That could jump to a staggering $194 billion projected if staying on the same path by the end of 2023. Of course, Circle's announcement is renewed scrutiny around just what is backing the USDC stablecoin and how secure these reserves are, but they promise that more detail will be completed and transparent as they attempt to go public. So keep a lookout for this and realize that this market is definitely moving in the right direction for the long term. Cryptocurrency is here to stay, and there's nothing that any government agency could do to stop it. They have to get on board. That's just all there is to it. That's in the news. So hopefully a lot of you went to Cyber Polygon or Cyber Attack Polygon, as we mentioned, and we listened to the Dr. Evil of the World Economic Forum, uh, Mr. Klaus. (laughs) Professor Klaus, whatever you want to call him. But he's weird as heck. And it is just a very strange thing going on. But they did on July 9th their test run of hack attacks on supply chains globally. So what's interesting about this is they did mention digital currencies. One of the things they mentioned is that the world will be tokenized and before 2030, part of Agenda 2030, and ideally they have a target of 2027, to have the IMF backing third world countries using tokenized coins on a blockchain to track where the money goes and to also convert bank accounts and to have Uh, the U.S. dollar be tokenized is something that they very clearly addressed. And they also addressed that a cyber attack to crypto exchanges could empty out your Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So I'm reminding you, Nano Ledger S is only 60 bucks on Amazon. Elipal is another great one. Unless you're in a trade, it is best to be safe and have all of your coins on these private uh, cold wallets. Because if it's not your keys, it's not your cheese. And remember, if something does happen, if there is a cyber attack, if Coinbase or Binance or somebody gets hacked, as unrealistic as it is, anything could happen. You want your coins to be as safe as possible. So I highly encourage keeping them on a wallet, only trading with what you need at the time. Because if things go down, at least in the future, you'll be able to access your currency. And believe me, Don't know how much the U.S. dollar is going to be worth, but Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies may have a much higher value once things start to stabilize again, as a cyber attack, of course, is imminent, as we've been reminded day after day after day on the mainstream news now. So keep an eye on what's going on. Pay attention to the news, your grid, and keep yourself safe. 
This is Crypto Karma with Nick Green, brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. Check out NectarJuiceBar.com for locations and $5 Fridays of all superfood smoothies because they're delicious. Do your trading, sip on a nectar. Be good to crypto and crypto will be good to you. And this is Nick Green with Crypto Karma reminding you that this show is for educational purposes only. This is not investment or financial advice. You know my motto, boys, always stamp out evil. See you next week. Explore the cryptocurrency universe with Nick Green on Crypto Karma. Learn about Bitcoin and blockchain, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and more. Buy and sell and trade and learn how to make some serious money with digital currency. Crypto Karma is brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. Nectar is fresh at its best. Live life to the freshest with Nectar. Crypto Karma. Strike first, strike fast. Saturday at 9 a.m. on KPPF. And hear the podcast on Podbean.